Good morning, lovely guys and gals, and welcome to the Bread of Life podcast. So welcome back, everybody, to the Bread of Life podcast. We're going to pick up where we left off at the Liturgy of the Word, and we're going to just continue from there. So back to our discussion on the week, the electionaries. Those are attached to the Synexarium. And the Synexarium has its own challenges and its own difficulties, and we're going to talk about that in a few weeks' time when we begin to approach the Synexarium. But what we can talk about for the lectionary right now is that the weekday lectionary was attached to the Synexarium. There are 69 readings for the weekdays. Now, those 69 readings are attached to the Synexarium, and I'll explain what, what does that mean. So, for example, for example, St. Anthony's Feast has a specific set of readings, has a specific Vespers reading, a specific Man's reading, and a specific Liturgy of the Word reading, including Pauline, Catholic Epistle, Acts, Psalm, and Gospel. So, there's like a whole package for St. Anthony's Feast. Now, when it comes to like other saints, other, other monks who have departed, who are who have lived similar lives, who have lived similar events as St. Anthony, then you're, they're just going to apply that same package to that saint. I don't know if you've noticed, sometimes when you attend weekday liturgies more often, then you'll notice, be like, you, you'll, you'll be like, oh, we just read this reading, or I remember this gospel like last week, like, well, how are we reading it again? And that's probably why, because the, oh, there was like a, like a monk who, who passed away last week, who, who departed, and they read that, that reading, and then this week it's another monk. And so those things kind of, it makes sense now that you understand that the weekday lectionary is attached to the synexarium because now you see that, oh, we just apply the readings based on the saints. So let's use another example. When a pope or a patriarch passes away, usually, or even when he gets ordained, the reading is usually John 10, I am the good shepherd. We often read that reading because obviously we have a lot of patriarchs um, who have passed away. So whenever we celebrate their feast, we celebrate their departure, then we read the gospel of the, of the good shepherd and the associated readings. So things like that. And obviously, it's a bit more complicated than that, but in a nutshell, that's, that's how it is. So there's 69 readings that are applied to the rest of the year, and they kind of pick and choose the ones that are similar. Some of the readings are repeated ample, ample, ample times. Other readings are repeated just once. Like I believe, for example, um, the reading for St. John the Baptist for, the, for his departure, I believe it's read only once, because there is no other saint that had that similar of a life. We compare other saints. We can kind of bunch them up together. The 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 desert monks, the desert mothers, the desert fathers, the patriarchs, things like that, and you begin to see see some kind of understanding there. Now those readings, all of these readings, don't follow a specific structure in the sense that in the Eastern Orthodox Church, for example, they have a calendar in which they have their readings and they they read, let's say. Mark 1 today, Mark 2 tomorrow, Mark 3 after that, and so on. There is a specific chronology of what we're reading. For us, in the Coptic Orthodox Church, that does not exist. And you can try, you can spend tireless nights and, and many, many, many days trying to figure out and try to put them together like I have, um, I have no life, and try to see, oh, like we read this much of the Pauline Epistle, uh, this much of, uh, let's say, Romans, for example, and then how about, uh, how about when, when, when else is Romans read, how much we read of that, and try to sketch it out and try to see if we end up reading all of the Book of Romans, for example, throughout the year. You could do that 
it's going to waste your time. There's a lot of repetition and there's a lot of things that don't really make sense. And that's why, because all of the selection, all of the lectionaries were independent in their own regions and areas. And then when they tried to put them together, they kind of, they're like, okay, we'll take this, this, the feast day from this area, this feast day from that area, that feast day from that area and make one whole lectionary. So it didn't really make sense. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of verses that we don't even read at all in the church, things like that. Don't ask me which verses we don't read in the church. Don't ask me which ones are overlapped. I don't know. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. I'm sure some bright minds will be able to figure it out. I haven't been able to figure it out. And even even those who are extremely well-versed, extremely extremely elite in, in the study of, of the lectionary, they they have a hard time putting putting logic into all of these readings. Obviously, they're surely guided by the Holy Spirit and and. Each reading has a specific value and any single word can be meditated on for the rest of our lives. Like we know the story of St. Anthony, for example, who walked into a church, heard a verse, touched his heart, walked into church again, heard another verse, became a monk. Very simply like that. So we don't have to understand, it doesn't have to be some exact science behind putting lectionary together, and there isn't. And I know that that might seem scandalizing to, to, to say and to think, but there isn't. Um... It's guided by the Holy Spirit, and surely there's a message in whichever readings, whichever gospel. You can just open the Bible and read something, and then I'm surely you'll benefit. So I remember uh, just to, just to share a funny story. Earlier on in 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 uh, my studies of of the liturgy, I was trying to find someone who is like extremely extremely um, well versed and extremely um, knowledgeable on the lectionaries and on the readings and on the katamaros. And there is this one monk in France. His name is Father Hugo Zanetti, who has published a whole bunch of papers in French. He's a, he's a French monk, and uh, he studies the Coptic liturgy. And I sent him a very silly email, and I sent him, I asked him, I'm like, hey, Father, um, so I've heard that the church fathers assembled the lectionary readings in this way, and I wanted to understand why they've done that, and, and, and you know, back and forth. Like, this simple, simple, I guess, uh, elementary question of, like, why is lectionary the way it is and he responded to me in a very simple way but it really like highlighted my my ignorance he he said which church fathers are you talking about the lectionary was not composed by church fathers i don't know what is this you're talking about there's no such thing as church fathers who've assembled the lectionary there is isn't an exact science are you talking about a specific church father like which church father are you speaking about like he, he it didn't make sense and that's something that that's often said in the church we're like oh the fathers of the church have compiled it and and they've spent they spent time and they, they, they've 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 put in a lot of logic and reason and there's 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 an, a whole system behind it and that is true to an extent but it isn't an exact science and as 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 shocking as that may sound the lectionaries that we have are kind of a big mess but it's a big mess guided with the holy spirit and that's quite analogous to our lives i mean if if you think about it who has a perfectly curated life, right? Um, our, our life is a mess and, and Christ works with that and makes it something beautiful. Similarly, when our interpretation of the Bible is, is, is important to understand because we're not like other religions that believe that the Holy Spirit dictated everything, every word in the Bible. I remember uh, re- listening to a sermon a while ago and the speaker, I don't remember who it was, unfortunately, the speaker was saying that we've received the Bible, the way it is, not because of the prophets and the apostles, the kings and so on, 
We receive that in spite of them. And it's important to realize that because when we read, for example, Genesis, and there are so many different scholarly arguments on whether or not Moses wrote it. And I remember having this conversation with a friend of mine a couple of days ago, um, whether or not Moses wrote the, the book of Genesis. Realistically, it's irrelevant if Moses is the one who penned it down. Like, sure, we attribute it to him, and it would be nice if we know exactly who wrote it. Maybe he wrote parts of it, maybe he didn't. It doesn't make a difference. What matters is that it's the Holy Word of God. It's Scripture. And it's been accepted into the church. The author doesn't make that much of a difference. When you receive a messenger giving you a message from someone who's highly prestigious, you don't care about who the messenger is. You care about who the message is from. And that's that's fundamentally what we need to care about. What the message is saying, who it's from, and so on. The prophets and, and the apostles and the disciples who've written. Yes, we know for some to some extent who wrote them and, and, and why and all these things. But that's not the highlight of the readings. I'd love to spend more time talking about these things. But it's all I have to share with you guys today. If there's any specific questions, anything that doesn't really make sense, we can add more episodes and, 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 and delve into this a little bit deeper. But for now, I think that's, that, that, that would be sufficient to introduce, our, um, to introduce our series on the Liturgy of the Word. Uh, I'd like to conclude with a verse from Philippians, St. Paul's writing. And this verse has made itself really loud in my life in the past uh, month or so. So I'll share it with you guys. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And that's fundamentally what we do in the Liturgy of the Word. We read things that are true, we read things that are honorable, we read things that are just, we read things that are pure and lovely, gracious and excellent, and we, and we find the excellence in them. And we find why, how they're worthy of praise, and we meditate on these things, and that ultimately concludes in the homily or the sermon at the end of the liturgy of the word the idea is that the word of god himself is being read in french the word or logos is translated as le verbe the verb the 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 word is the action itself reason himself is present and is being read the logos is revealing himself and is revealed so that's about it for today until next time christ is within us